August 15, 1923, and a lost, hungry collie in Indiana turns his wet nose west and starts walking for 3,000 miles. This is some kick-ass Oregon history. Welcome to another installment of Kick-Ass Oregon History, a survey created by the geeked-out history folks at ORHistory.com. We profile only the most badass, captivating Oregon stories. It's all Oregon sex, drugs, rock and roll, and earth-shattering, devastating destruction. Basically, the good stuff. In the recent episodes, there's been a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, We've detailed a mass poisoning, a giant fucking explosion, some lethal balloons, and a murder on a ferry, followed by a very public hanging. Today, we provide another affair in the Argosy, but one with a happier ending. A, dare I say, uplifting saga? It's the story of Bobby the Wonder Dog, a true Oregon hero. Bobby's story is a classic kick-ass tale. One so fantastic, so implausible, that even an imaginative Hollywood writer couldn't have penned the saga. And you remember that the next time you view Lassie Come Home, although admit it, you've never seen it. Our tale begins in August of 1923, when Silverton, Oregon restaurateur Frank Brazier and his wife Elizabeth went on a motor tour, or what we call today a road trip, to visit some family in Indiana. They brought with them their energetic collie. The collie's name was Bob. Sadly, during the trip, Bobby became lost somewhere in Iowa. The braziers last saw Bobby being chased by a pack of other pissed-off dogs. They spent several days looking for the collie, ran some advertisements, but eventually had to continue on the motor tour to visit their family. Needless to say, Mr. Brazier was completely heartbroken at the loss of his dear friend. Six months later, Bobby staggered into the Rio restaurant in Silverton, Oregon. With a joyous yelp, he leapt to Mr. Brazier. Bobby had walked the entire way home from Iowa to Oregon. The trip by road, according to Mr. Brazier's odometer, was something close to a staggering 2,550 miles. Some say 2,364 is more likely, but it seems doubtful that Bobby just stuck to the roadsides on his voyage. Throw in some wandering, curious sniffing, chasing down some dinner and other such diversions of a curious dog, and some experts feel that it's likely that Bobby's journey was closer to 2,800 to 3,000 miles. Any way you cut it, it's a long way from Iowa to Silverton on foot, even if you have four of them. After piecing together sightings of the dog by people on his trip, it seems that Bobby tended to walk in a circular fashion, always headed west, but in a rambling, rounded technique. The Oregon State Humane Society had determined that Bobby wandered through literally the four corners of the state of Iowa on his discordant, yet ultimately successful journey. Originally lost in Iowa, the dog was sighted further east in Indiana, and then apparently caught his bearings and headed west. He traveled through eight states, Iowa, Indiana, Nebraska, Illinois, Wyoming, Colorado, Idaho, and finally, into Oregon. I wish I was a stranger who understands the sky. I wish I was a starship and silence flying by. I wish I was a princess with armies at her hand. I wish I was a ruler who'd make them understand. 
On the trip to Indiana, Mr. Brazier had kept the car in garages along his voyage at night and left the dog in the car to prevent theft. It seems that Bobby stayed at many of these same garages on his return trip. Many garage owners would often give him a meal and a few pats on the head before bed and then find the next morning that Bobby had already moved on. Bobby spent several days in a tramp camp hanging with the hobos around the fire. The dog had a personality that seemed to attract attention, affection, and hospitality wherever he went. And lest there be any doubt that Bobby was in fact a wonder dog, it appears he escaped the dog catcher's nets at least once when he rolled through Des Moines. And then, Bobby headed west. He traveled through the gorge and through the Dalles and eventually to Portland. A white-haired Irish widow named Mary Elizabeth Smith lived in Portland on East 75th Street, and Bobby ended up on her cottage doorstep. She described the dog as having a dirt-matted, ragged coat, and that his legs were swollen and exhibited cuts and gashes. His feet were understandably a mess. His nails had been worn into the hair, the pads were so tattered that the bones were exposed, and his feet slowly oozed blood. We're not sure if it was a period remedy of the time, but Mrs. Smith soaked his feet in some warm water with a splash of Lysol. She cried over his state and poured paraffin on his paws to keep him from licking them. Mrs. Smith left Bobby to rest and visited some friends. When she came back home, Bobby laid his weary head in her lap, and she petted, rubbed, and gave Bobby her love. Bobby seemed to relish in the affection and care, and then he slowly and tenderly limped to the front door and stood with his nose in the crack. Mrs. Smith opened the door, and Bobby continued on his track. Penny, she's my girly. She sits here with me. On February 15, 1924, Bobby came leaping at Mr. Brazier in the Silverton Rio restaurant. He was tired and hungry and all kinds of banged up, but ultimately in remarkably good shape. He had developed a taste for raw meat on his voyage. The dog's story soon appeared in the press, and it appeared in a big way. News of the Wonder Dog spread quickly across radio broadcasts and the printed page. Now, skeptical ass-kicker, I know what you're asking. How do we really know that this dog was Bobby? Couldn't it have been some other canine lost and hungry and Mr. Brazier, in his morning, really wanted the dog to be Bobby? Bobby, it seems, had some distinguishing features. One day, long before this voyage, a horse caught Bobby's attention and he bolted off to chase the steed. The horse didn't appreciate it and kicked Bobby in the head. The entanglement left a scar above Bobby's right eye, and the found Bobby had the same scar. Pre-trip Bobby also had been run over by a tractor in a prune orchard. The mulch was soft and had saved his life, but his hips did not line up after the accident found Bobby also had a similar disfigurement. Bobby also had an uncanny ability to recognize his friends from the trip. One great example was demonstrated in the fall of 1924 when Bobby was being exhibited by the Portland Realty Board. Crowds of people came to see Bobby the Wonder Dog, thousands it is said, so many that policemen had to be deployed to keep the multitude in order. 
Remember the fail old widow, Mary Elizabeth Smith of Southeast Portland? Well, when she finally got within a few feet of Bobby, he sprang to life, howling and crying as Mrs. Smith burst into tears. This dog recognized those that had been kind to him on the trip, and he thanked them heartily. Bobby was quite the celebrity. The Oregon State Humane Society awarded Bobby with a medal in March of 1924, and the ceremony was quite a production. Officials of the organization said at the time that it was probably the first time in the United States that a public ceremony was organized to honor a dog. Bobby had struck a chord. Historian Doug Kent Crispin. Something in this story really connected with people in the 1920s. The story crossed class barriers, age demographics, even national boundaries. Bobby the Wonder Dog received letters from all over the country and even from all over the globe. In fact, so much mail came that the braziers couldn't read it all. Admirers even sent gifts to Bobby, some from as far away as Australia, England, and France. He received a gold collar, a pile of medals, and even keys to the city in Vancouver. And by Vancouver, we mean Lake Vancouver, B.C., as opposed to the Couve, Vancouver, Washington. Do we need to mention that Bobby the Wonder Dog was even in a silent film called, appropriately, The Call of the West? Even in our era, one of the most popular pages on the Oregon Encyclopedia website is the entry pertaining to Bobby the Wonder Dog. If you haven't visited the Oregon Encyclopedia, you have to do it, and you have to do it today. It's at www.oregonencyclopedia.org. It is an essential tool for anyone with even a passing interest in Oregon history. I had a chance to sit down with Amy Platt of the Encyclopedia and ask her why she thinks Bobby the Wonder Dog is such a popular page on that site. Well, there are the obvious reasons. I mean, it is a really epic story. I mean, you have a hero, you have family love, you have overcoming the odds. Um, it's really a wonderful story. I mean, uh, <laughs> this dog getting across all of that, what, almost 3,000 miles to get back to the family he loved. Um, but also, I think that a lot of people grew up with this story not knowing if it was true. Um, and uh, we know it is because it's on the encyclopedia. We aren't capricious about what we put in our um, site. And we know that this actually happened. And I think even today we have to ask, how the hell did he do it? I mean, we're still asking the same questions, and we're still drawn to that sort of unbelievable love between the dog and, and his family. And, um, yeah, I just think that, that kind of story never, never gets old, never gets stale. And, uh, and to find it in the encyclopedia about Oregon, this national story, um, as a verification of this unusual occurrence, um, I think, is, has made it popular. And also, we push it when we introduce the encyclopedia uh, because we want to show the breadth of our coverage. Bobby died on April 4th, 1927 at the Rose City Veterinary Hospital. He had been troubled by stomach indigestion for weeks, and scores of fans came to the hospital to wish him well. Mr. Brazier drove from Silverton each and every day to visit his sick friend, but no amount of love or medical attention could save Bobby. 
It has been said that the several thousand mile trip aged Bobby by 10 years. In an action termed at the time as, quote, a pilgrimage, famous movie star dog Rin Tin Tin laid a wreath at Bobby's grave. That's right. One dog laid a wreath on the grave of another. He took a wreath in his mouth and put it on Bobby's grave. You can visit Bobby's grave at the Society's headquarters at 1067 Northeast Columbia Avenue in Portland. We recommend a respectful visit, and in the spirit of Bobby, why don't you walk there? How can that dog be lying under that shaded tree? Thank you for listening, Ass Kickers, and be on the lookout for future podcasts from our crew. We hope you agree that this episode featured some kick-ass Oregon history. Today's podcast of Bobby the Wonder Dog was brought to you by ORHistory.com, written by Doug Kane Crispin and Andy Lindbergh. Citations are available upon request. You can check out our website at ORHistory.com or follow us on Twitter at Oregon underscore history. The email address is OregonHistorian at gmail.com. And remember, our first live event is coming up at the Jack London, the new venue at the Rialto Pool Room in downtown Portland, on Tuesday, June 28th at 7.30. The Rialto and the new Jack London is located at 529 Southwest 4th. Resident historian Doug Kink Crispin will be speaking about the hanging of Danford Balch, covered in a previous episode, along with some exciting live music and other artists. We certainly hope you'll join us for this kick-ass event. You stay historic, Oregon, and kick-ass. is kind of background noises for the story. I, I don't think anybody will know that they're done by me. So, yeah, try them. How was that? Do you think think it sounded real? I think it sounded like a dog. It sounded more like a dog than that Pink Floyd shit. <laughs>